We are now going to uh, introduce our next guest, who's a good friend of ours, Dr. Ken Druck. And Ken is going to talk to us about how we go on about self-compassion and the path forward. So Heidi. Hi, Ken. How you doing, Gloria? Good to see you. He talks the talk and walks the walk. And Dr. Ken Druck is a best-selling author and an internationally known expert in healing after loss. He is also an executive coach and a consultant and the recipient of the Distinguished Contribution to Psychology Award. Dr. Ken is a regular guest expert on CNN, PBS, Network News, and many more. To honor his daughter Jenna's life and spirit, Dr. Ken, Dr. Ken founded the Jenna Druck Center that has helped people all over the world. He is an award-winning author. He has written several books, including, just to name a few, Courageous Aging and the Real Rules of Life. Please visit his website because there is so much out there and he is doing so much in the world. Welcome to our conference, Ken. So good to be with you, Heidi. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been listening and I've been trying to imagine if I were a participant, especially somebody here for the first time, what would I need to do right now? And the first thing is take a deep breath. You know, <laughs> all, this, all this goes one breath at a time, you know? And this is a smorgasbord. It's like going to, you know, the best restaurant in the world and what happens and you could order everything, but you can only eat so much. You can only digest so much. And I wanna, I wanna start by just kind of explaining that part of today is an exercise in self-compassion. My talk today is how we go on. Well, you are at the table of how we go on. There are going to be offerings from so many wonderful people. Some of them will have will be so relevant and feel so immediate and so helpful as though they're speaking directly to you. Others will be a couple of steps ahead of where you feel you are right now or a few steps behind. That's okay. That's part of this meal, this extraordinary gathering. And you know, the first thing I, I wanted to start with today was. You know, I go to I go to baseball games, occasionally football games, and you know, I'm kind of back going to games like that or concerts. And what do they do? They start by saying, Will everybody please stand? Everybody who's given service. And it's usually the military, which is extraordinary. But I want to give, I want to ask the people who are presenters today, the people who are listening, who do this every day who are giving service and who've given service over the years to people in their darkest and most daunting moments of loss. I want those of us to, who do that to stand and to be acknowledged for the service that we're giving. And at the top of that list is, are you Heidi and you Gloria? Thank you for your service. You know, and that list goes on, David, Donna, Gloria, Elizabeth, who, who's participating on another level, you know, Diane, Michelle, Ken, who's coming up next to bat. So I want to start there. My talk, I was thinking, you know, people are going to go, how do, how do I go on? Isn't that what the whole program's about? Well, I realized that my life's work really has been about the issue of how do we go on from the mundane? And I, I think about my, one of my executive assistants once came up to the office and she said, why am I here? And I thought, is this an existential question? She's asking, why am I here? What's my purpose? What meaning does life have? Or is, is this 
a mundane question. And she said, no, I, I came up to the office to talk to you about something, but I forgot what I came for. It's a mundane thing. So the question of how we go on can be mundane. It can be, you know, I've got lunch in a half an hour. How am I going to stay at the conference? It could be mundane and simple, but it could also be the most profound question. And so many of the speakers are talking to it. How am I supposed to move forward in my life from this moment, this unspeakable moment of choiceless, inescapable sorrow? My sorrow is overwhelming. I go from surreal, not believing that this could really have happened, to all too real, being overwhelmed and like, my God, how am I supposed to live out the rest of my days without my daughter? And in my life, it was my moment when the phone rang at 10 o'clock at night from across the world to tell me that my daughter had died on the Grand Trunk Road on her way to the Taj Mahal. I had just spoken to her and she said, Dad, I'm going to see the world's greatest symbol of eternal love, the Taj Mahal. And I'll be going there tomorrow. You know, how, how am I supposed to deal with that? How is my life supposed to go on? So I want to talk to you about a template that I call the seven honorings about that template for what has meant something to me. And I want you to think about the ones that relate most to you, starting with the first honoring, which is your survival, that somehow in some way you are going to take impeccably good care. I call it grief self-care. You're going to find out what it's going to take for you to get to the next breath, the next hour, the next day, when it's not possible to have it all figured out. And the core of your survival, I would suggest, is self-compassion. There's a continuum from harsh self-criticism to self-compassion. And how we go on is we listen to the voice of self-compassion, the voice of kindness that speaks to us from within us, the voice of patience, the voice of understanding and support, encouragement, humility. That's the voice we want to listen to. That voice says, how could you possibly have this figured out? How could you not feel overwhelming sorrow? How could you not know whether these signs are real or things, imaginings of yours? How could you have the rest of your life figured out? Is my life over too? Will I ever feel joy again? Will I ever see beauty? Is my life over too? How could I possibly know these things? I need to keep my hand on my heart and my foot off of my throat. The foot on the throat is harsh self-criticism. It's judgment. It's pressure. It's the part of us that wants to have all the answers and to know what to do and how to feel and how to go on all at once. When our hand is on our heart, it's saying, you take your time. You surround yourself with the people who bring support, not the people who drain you, not the grief groupies, but you surround yourself with loving, supportive people who understand what it's like to be present, to be a healing present. A healing presence is somebody who says, I'm with you. I'm walking with you. I'll stand with you. 
I'm here with you and I'm not going anywhere. But to do those things, these are all parts of self-care. So the first honoring is your self-care. It's you finding a way to make your love the central organizing principle, your hope and your faith. You know, I have a button here somewhere. After 9-11, we adopted something that we had a, one of our first meetings after 9-11 with about 100 people. It was a great workshop. We spent the day together laughing, crying. And a husband came in at the end of the day to get his wife. And he stuck his head in the door to look around, see if she was ready to go home. And somebody said, oh, we wish you had been here today. It's been such an important day. And he said, nah, he says, I know how this stuff works. Misery loves company. And a woman from in the back of the room said, no, sir. Hope loves company. Hope loves company. So we're here as an expression of hope, of an expression of possibility today gathered together online in cyberspace. The second honoring, it's really that self-compassion. It's saying, I'm going to cultivate the practice of keeping my hand on my heart and my foot off of my throat. I'm going to take care of myself. The third honoring, the patience to heal. The greatest courage that we've ever had to summon in this life is to begin to write new chapters of life. The courage to say, I'm going to live out the rest of my days, whatever that may be, as an expression of my love for the person that I lost and the people around me that I love that are praying and hoping and cheering me on to go on to somehow find the strength, the faith, the strength and the energy to go on to find my way on the path forward. So how do I do that? I do it with great patience. I do it by summoning newfound courage. You know, you're going to be listening to speakers like me all day, all morning, or wherever you are in the world, it might be all night. But please understand, we are here to give you kind of act to activate what's inside of you because it's what's inside of you that is going to do the healing. It's going to be your hand on your heart, your voice of self-compassion and patience and encouragement, your ability to say, right now, I don't know, but I have the faith that behind my unknowingness, behind my lostness, behind my brokenheartedness is a wholeness, that my trip to the bottom of pain will actually give me the opportunity to become the better version of me, something that the person that I lost, in my case, my daughter, would be cheering and saying, dad, you go, dad. You fight your way back into life. You become that better version of you. And it's something my angel daughter would cheer me on, but now my earth daughter, who has twins and brought twin grandchildren to my life, is also cheering every time she sees her father fighting his way back into life or cheering her on the forgotten siblings who so often get passed over. So all this happens, all of these honorings. And if you want to, by the way, don't try to write all of them down. You can go onto my website. Uh, I actually have YouTube. 
uh, programs about the 70 honorings. I have programs about the do's and don'ts of grief support. If you, Some of the people watching today have joined us are here because you love somebody who's grieving and you want to get on the side of the do's. What do people do when they want to show support? And this is also a handout you could send to everybody who loves you, who's trying to figure it out, who's trying to become the more grief literate version of themselves. So all of this is happening. Another one you just heard, another program is to cultivate, a, another honoring is to cultivate a spiritual relationship with them. I did something so crazy after my daughter Jenna died. I had a mutual friend with Bill Gates and I wrote Bill Gates a letter saying, Bill, you've discovered, you know, you've helped the world discover cyberspace. hundred years ago, if I said, let's, I'm going to send you an email or let's meet and have a Zoom call, you would have locked me up in a psych ward saying, this guy's crazy. He wants to meet in a place that doesn't exist. And I said to Bill Gates, help me create the technology for spirit space, a place where I can communicate with my daughter, where I can, a technology that might make that possible. And of course, we've had some wonderful speakers telling us how that's possible even without technology, the technology inside of us. So please remember, it's the it's you, it's the healing in you that we're here at Speakers to activate, to mobilize, so that you know that it's within you to go on. And that's the main message. And having your hand on your heart is going to facilitate that. It's going to make it possible in every way. I want to thank you guys for giving us the opportunity to be with you today. I hold you in my heart very close, all of you. The loss of a loved one can leave you feeling depressed, angry, alone, lost. But you don't have to face this journey on your own. Open to Hope is a free community for anyone who has experienced loss. Find support. Find help. Find hope. Give grief a voice at opentohope.com.